Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Weekend Review at the Voidu Podcast, where we discuss everything that's going on in the world of streaming, OTT, ad tech and the internet at large. I'm Anand and with me as always is Kavita Shinoy, founder and CEO of Voidu. Kavita, what's going on? I'm just really excited that we kept this up for the last 10 weeks. A lot of us, when we, when, you know, last year we said we must do podcasts because Last year, same time, it every single company was putting out a podcast or the other. Yeah. It was, it was quite scrappy. People were dialing in from home and things. And um, we're sitting in an office. We have two amazing ring lights, and we've got nice mics. Somebody the other day asked me, "Why are we doing this?" I'm doing it for fun. I'm doing it because I want to make a connect with people outside uh, of Voiro. We read a lot in Voidu, we share a lot, and I feel like we don't have enough opportunities to have conversations. So I'm hoping that people will listen to these podcasts and maybe somewhere down the line start asking us questions and start interacting with yeah, us. So we're going to keep at it till somebody actually pings us and asks us questions. And, you know, in the, in the couple of uh, weeks down the road, we will definitely have um, people who we, we will invite onto the podcast and I'm excited about that as well. Yep. I am excited about episode 10. I'm glad we kept it going and I'm looking forward to doing more such podcasts. I learned a word two years ago called autotelic, which means you do something for the sake of doing it because you like it. Um, this seems to be a week of friend making in our industry. And today I thought we would highlight four such um, collaborative uh, merger acquisition events, starting with the big one, which is Netflix and Microsoft. Um, for weeks now, we have been talking on our podcast, in our uh, conference rooms, at our office, with our colleagues and on Slack about everything that's been happening with Netflix ever since they made that announcement in Jan about the loss of subscribers and then everything that happened after that with their stock price tumbling and them saying we're going to introduce ads and everybody who had a take on that. And this week, Netflix made an announcement where they said they are partnering with Microsoft. And I was picking out both sides of the announcement and I thought it was very interesting to see how they positioned it because they said we are going to partner on new ad supported subscription plans. So that, of course, tells us what they plan to do, which is something they've always been hinting at, which is the fact that they were going to launch not a fully ad-supported tier without subscriptions, but a more affordable subscription plan, which would have ads baked in. And in the words of Netflix's press release, they said, the reason we went with Microsoft is because of a variety of reasons um, um, that tie into Microsoft's capabilities. But they said Microsoft offered us flexibility on both the technology and the sales side, as well as a promise to protect the privacy of all of our users. I thought there's some interesting statements in there to unpack. And one of the things they also said is, we are going to use this to offer a, a better tier or a more affordable tier to a new segment of our subscribers. But also B, we want to offer a better than linear ads experience to brands. And I thought that's also an interesting way to position it because you're not just saying this is another place to come and spend digital budgets. You're 
playing the linear game you're playing the ctv game you're playing the fast game you're positioning yourself as a platform that's better than linear for your advertisers um my initial reaction was four questions is this another nokia situation with microsoft one two is this a setup for an acquisition uh, microsoft as we know has in the last few years been a very um acquisitive company acquisitive if that's a word it is um, it is what do you company. mean <laughs> uh, three what happened to all the other names google roku comcast at one point they said netflix is going to buy roku um and last one is why not build it yourself you have built technology that the world has envied i mean say what you will about netflix's share price and the the money they've spent on originals and whether or not that's worked for them netflix has built very very enviable technology um, their recommendation engine their subtitling engine the product the focus on data and just the sheer fact that they understand customers really really well um begs the question that says well you're a technology company that's capable of everything you have historically always built everything at one point they were famous for not outsourcing any part of their stack because they wanted that much control so why not build it yourself so there were four questions that came to mind and i was wondering what you thought about the announcement um you know with netflix i think they made a very wily decision because these questions are pretty much what they must have put on the table for themselves uh, to be able to figure out who's their suitor to bring to them or bring them or land them into ad land so to speak the whole nokia uh, you know story with with microsoft i think is what under the bridge they would have figured it out and you know i don't think this is going to be repeated again it's not a technology swap they're not taking over this company it's more of a partnership and a bridge and netflix is also a very mature company and like you said extremely technologically secure as well and so they are finding another peer in microsoft and microsoft's investment in activision blizzard you know earlier this year as well has also signaled that microsoft wants to get into this space into the content and gaming and entertainment space and one of the biggest things that stands out about microsoft and i'm pretty sure that microsoft made this pitch and maybe netflix already knew this while you know they met at can or wherever else where they were trying to figure out who's going to take them and walk walk along with them hand in hand into the ads world is that microsoft doesn't make original content everybody you named over here google has youtube roku makes original content comcast has peacock so there is everybody who has original content which at some point in time makes them a competitor to netflix Correct. right so if you take a little bit of a macro view on why is netflix even doing this one is over the last year netflix achieved some amount of cash positivity and they became a little profitable and they were on that streak which is now declining rapidly ads is a great way to get there because like you and i already know and we've been like shouting on the rooftops ever since we started this company and anybody else who buys and sells ads knows that this is an extremely extremely profitable business if run well the underlying fact is that it has to be run well yes right so netflix is traditionally a subscription game so if they are to really please wall street and they've already pleased them by this announcement they've gone up by uh, five points 5% and uh they need to do this fast they need to do this fast they need to do it before q4 which means that time is not on their side yeah so this announcement microsoft gets them there 
they will meet the queue for deadline with with this yeah yeah a lot will. of people seem to think yeah so. i mean at least that's what the speculation is i'm that sure they put that on the table with microsoft so you have to get us to the queue for and microsoft has a very seasoned sales team and there is something called bing that we yeah that we've all forgotten about but it's a thriving business and it's already there they already have the uh, inroads into a whole bunch of uh, uh, you know various types of networks and and the entire ads business in itself now where i think most of the surprises and the delight will actually come around is what type of ad formats are they going to actually put in if they are promising a better than linear advertising experience which is what we've been harping about right saying that i can't believe that we are putting banners on ctv this is a large screen yes you're doing it programmatically but can we not be a little more um innovative innovative yes innovative entertain me you have my attention so why are you putting a banner in front of me well if so there's guess, if there's one thing netflix is known for it's thinking correct. out of the box and surprising us and the last point which is very exciting is not advertising but the fact that netflix invested in games uh and you know if you go to netflix you can download the game it downloads like roblox as another actual app on your phone and uh, microsoft with their own console games and their investment in activision there could be original content between both of them based on microsoft's games uh and so it's uh, it's interesting so there's it seems like it's it's good news all around it's the best deal that they could get um microsoft is relatively free on the on the original content front because they ha- they are not busy trying to create their own um and they're a solid company and you know satya has really turned that company around with these investments if we look at their investments over the years they're really building a solid portfolio of using technology to interact with consumers whatever wherever it is whether it's in the office whether it's at home whether it's you know when you're taking your when you're you know trying to get some downtime or entertain yourself i um i waited for and finally got <clears throat> evan shapiro's take on this where he wrote an article i think it was yesterday where he addressed something very similar to what you're saying he said a this is not competitive it's the only one of all the candidates who is not looking to fight for those same video eyeballs two is and he said this interestingly he said look no matter what they do this is going to be a hard transition to make mm-hmm. there is which kind of addresses the why won't you build this yourself netflix argument which is that netflix has to focus on so many things and get them right yeah there is this underlying transition that has to be made with all of their content rights it is possible that they have to go back to all of their content partners and renegotiate rights because their earlier rights might not allow for ads their technology might not be set up for ads which means they might have to start with pre rolls because you might not have the ad breaks or the ad spots in place yet unless they've planned ahead which could always be the case three is hard cash in order to go and renegotiate all of these rights deals and have agreements that allows them to maximize what they can do from an advertising perspective um a lot of these content providers will have to be paid in cash and who comes with a lot of cash the microsoft as a complete aside one of the things i was reading about is how elon musk is backing out of the twitter deal and has to possibly pay them a billion dollars as a fine if if he is successful in backing out and twitter has not seen that kind of free cash in many years yeah and so there's a similar argument to be made here on on, on netflix they had a one or two year streak where they made they were free cash flow positive but that has ended and so they will be able to put this cash to good use google in fact offered them a minimum guarantee an mg but they're still competitive 
And then, of course, the gaming and TV bundle. Microsoft, as Evan puts it, is putting together a pretty fine sandwich between Activision, Xbox, Game Pass, Netflix, Xander, and everyone's wondering how How's big Xander's an opportunity this is going to be for Xander. Yeah. And, of course, being in the Microsoft network. And the last one, which may be small, but I'm pretty sure Netflix is going to look to uh, uh, put every dime they possibly can in the bank, is I'm pretty sure there is some sweet deal with Azure that's being baked in. Because Netflix has always been an AWS-hosted uh, product. And I'm fairly certain that they're going to... Of course. Cloud Wars, definitely there's going to yeah. be an angle. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think it's a wait-and-watch game as far as Netflix and Microsoft is concerned. But all around, whatever it is, it's positive. Wall Street also has responded positively. And the thing is that for people who are saying, oh my God, Netflix, why are you going to put on ads onto my stream? Subscribe. Pay that top dollar. You won't get ads. But for people who want to experiment and use an ad light version, it's a fair deal for everybody. And it's not like this is anything new. I'm just hoping that they have better formats. That's it. I would put my money on the fact that they will. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure they won't go out there and ruin the experience for us. For sure. There is another company that's also flirting with a similar subject, which is Disney. Disney this week signed a massive agreement with the trade desk. And Jeff Green, as we've all been watching, has really, really, really worked Wall Street to believe in ad tech again. And there's legendary stories about roundtables and, and, and uh, lobbying that he's been able to do. But the, the, the trade desk has been growing from strength to strength. And Disney has inked a massive deal with them where this will give brands the ability to target audiences across all of their linear and streaming platforms. So that's Hulu, ESPN+, Nat Geo, FX, Freeform, ABC, ESPN, and possibly Disney+. Plus, who has announced also this week that they are going to launch an ad-supported subscription tier. They've always been primarily subscriptions outside of India because the Hotstar acquisition came with Hotstar's earlier model, which already included an ad-supported tier. Today, there are many organizations, many streaming platforms that follow this model of an ad-supported subscription tier, similar to what Netflix is aiming to do. But it's not binary. It's not just subscriptions or just ads. And there is this middle tier. HBO Max, Paramount+, Plus, Discovery+, Plus, Hotstar, Hulu, and even on the publisher side, like the New York Times, Every single one of these organizations is creating this middle tier where you get the best of both worlds. And it's better than a full-blown subscription if that's something you don't want to do. It's less annoying than a completely ad-supported model if that's something you don't like. And it's an interesting middle ground that also makes sound business sense. You know, the, the fact that you mentioned Hulu and this entire stack where Trade Desk is going to net everybody together for Disney also uh, points to a piece of news that I read about the fact that Disney has to pay up for uh, a delayed deal uh, term for buying Hulu. And this was struck when Bob Iger was there and now with Bob Chapek being there right now, there is, they have to make good on that, particular, um, on that particular deal term. And so there were murmurs about, are they going to set, are they going to sell off Hulu uh, to somebody else? Because, you know, there's Hulu, there's Disney Plus. Like what's going to happen with both? There's original content on both. And so um, this kind of makes sense a little bit and also kind of also uh, hints at the fact that they're looking at netting everything together, making sure that their audiences and their identity graph and whatever we're going towards the future in terms of 
deprecation of third party cookies, they're able to make sure that they're able to monetize better, right? And they're getting the right kind of partners in and they don't want to do everything by themselves, which is a, which is a great sign. And this is what large companies should do, right? Collaborate. And that's how, you know, the entire industry gets ahead. And for the last maybe three to four years, everybody was on this tear to build everything themselves. And it's not, it's not the best thing. And we've always faced this even in our sales pitches, right? Build versus buy. Oh, I'm going to build everything that Voido already has. And like, why would you do that? What kind of company are you? Are you selling, are you an e-commerce company or are you a content company or are you a business analytic company? Correct. So there is a lot to be unpacked as well in terms of uh, Disney's decisions. But I feel this is also a signal to macro trends that are happening in the market about how work gets done and how fast it's getting done today and how much collaboration can be achieved if two companies collaborate versus trying to do everything on your own and going the whole hog by yourself. So you had news on Unity and Iron Source. Yes, in the spirit of, I don't want to say collaborate or die, but collaboration as a way to put together collaborate and try. strengths yeah, of two companies. Um, there's big news coming out of uh, the gaming industry today with not the acquisition because they were very particular and they've mentioned this a couple of times that it's a merger between Unity and Iron Source. Um, Unity being the game development platform and Iron Source, the Israeli ad mediation solution for mobile apps, mostly games. Um, the two companies have been on an interesting journey where they've actually been struggling with the, um, with the public markets. Unity's valuation has been down about 75% over the last year. And I think Iron Source has also been struggling on the New York Stock Exchange. So the merger does something interesting for both of them. For, um, for folks that haven't heard of these organizations, uh, Iron Source is an ad mediation product. Uh, the thing about mobile apps or publishers who are looking to deploy their inventory to the open market programmatically is the ability for you to expose your audiences and your inventories to multiple ad networks is a bit of a challenge to do on your own. And having a mediation layer gives you enough of a comparative landscape where you get the maximum revenue and the maximum price because otherwise you are at the mercy of a single ad network. Um, on the web, technologies like header bidding and exchange bidding came around to solve this problem where they put multiple ad networks or SSPs, seller-side supply-side platforms on a level playing field with apps, mediation layers are able to do that for them. The only thing that continues to leave apps or publishers wary of, of uh, mediation layers is a lot of mediation layers come with their own ad network and there is a bit of a black box that does not tell publishers whether or not the mediation layer is favoring their own internal ad network, which is typically the biggest acquis the, um, accusation that Google faces. Um, but what IronSource offers to apps is a single SDK which makes life easy for game developers who are just looking to switch on monetization and continue to focus on uh, uh, developing games and apps, which is their primary area of focus. AdMob, AppLovin, these are other, other companies that offer a similar service. Now, Iron Source also has a small ad network of their own. They also have a tech product. I don't know if you remember this. They're called StreamRail. It's a video ad delivery platform. It's an ad server. And you and I once met a gentleman who worked for Streamlane. And he said, of course, I know uh, uh, a lot about what Voiro does because they sit upstairs in WeWork. Oh, yeah. So I, of course, used to have an office here on the yes, third floor. Yes, I remember, I remember. And every time we walked past them, we would look at their, their collateral, their standees, their customers. We stand outside their, uh, outside their glass yeah. cabin and look in. Yeah, that was Iron Source's office. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, the big benefit 
from a merger standpoint is that uh, so unity has their own ad network unity ads which is much larger than um, iron sources ad network and so first of all they get <clears throat> preferential access to their audiences uh, two is it's one way of consolidating and then focusing on a single competitor so it gives them a competitive advantage in the market um, there's been a lot of talk since apple's att initiative about um, who took the biggest hit which of course has been facebook um, apps like unity and iron source have typically not taken a big hit and uh, ben thompson wrote about this in detail on strategy this week because he said their ability to target has always been probabilistic it's been contextual and if nothing else this merger will strengthen that further because they can combine their audience data sets and for many reasons collaboration is proving to be the way to go this is a merger that clearly brings together the strengths of both of these companies and also signals to us how important monetization is to the gaming industry which is something that we talked about last week yeah Speaking of monetization and uh, the carriers that get you there, Google is finally trying to bend to the will of various types yep. of regulatory concern. I don't know. I mean, this is the way they grew, right? It's like you built something; it became popular. It's yours, and then everybody's saying, "Now you got to share a piece of it with everybody," and and you got to you got to exit it because it's becoming monopolistic. But that's, I guess, that's the whole point of trying to keep. competition fair in markets right and sure they got a head start on the whole thing but i think the responsibility of what they should be doing so that they don't quell competition they don't quell the market themselves and make everybody who need depend upon them and keep a lot of things black boxed um this this move towards wanting to break up or agreeing to break up their ad tech out into separate companies but still held by alphabet Not into a completely separate company. So is it really a spin-off? I don't know if it's a real spin-off, but at least you know you're able to, I guess, keep an eye on it separately. You're reporting separately. Your your responsibilities are separate. I think I don't know, but it feels like a reverse, a reverse move to what AT and T did. AT and T went and acquired companies and then tried to put, push them in, and then they become became too monopolistic, and then they break them out again, and then they spun them off and sold them. And now here you have Google, who is literally birthing these little companies out but i think the biggest losers in this whole thing could be small and medium publishers and that's something that's a little scary because the long tail is massive in 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 google between adwords and uh, google ad manager and the whole ad manager stack what do you think i remember so that picture is um um i mean there was a phase sometime last year where every big tech cxo ceo was made to sit in front of the US Senate and answer questions part of me when i watched it didn't quite understand the objective of that other than senators and congressmen just flexing their muscles um but one of the things he said is um don't blame me for making good products he yeah. said you are welcome to go to the trade desk with your money you are welcome to shop elsewhere is what jeff bezos said you are welcome to use another social network is what both mark zuckerberg and jack dorsey said but i think what's going to happen is i mean it's interesting to me that google has made this offer i'm sure they have worked it out to a place where it might actually be an advantage to them i'm pretty sure they'll find sure. a way i mean they, they are a strategically way. extremely shrewd organization so one it'll continue to be owned by alphabet 
Uh, they apparently might go all the way. They might even split it off into a demand side company and a supply side company where they'll put the DSP in one company. They'll so put the sixty goes somewhere and yeah. then GAM goes the yeah. other way. Even Google Analytics. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So they're basically saying they might... Look, if you're going to um, shut down all of this noise, you might as well do it thoroughly. This, this concept of shutting down noise, I feel like they're doing this so that the noise dies down. And everybody check a box and everybody goes back to their corners and then they can get back to work instead of spending this kind of time ruminating over the fact that they made a good decision in 2008 to buy DFP. And at the time it was worth about 3 billion and today it's made Alphabet worth about 1.6 trillion in market capitalization. So it's, it's a good bet. It, it worked out. So look, I'm going to say something that might sound extremely naive or stupid from a business standpoint, but... Um, I was, I was listening to a podcast by uh, uh, Peter Kafka this week, where he interviewed the founder of Substack, and he was talking about how you know you made Substack and you gave people this platform, and then Twitter, Facebook, and a bunch of other companies just ripped you off. And he said, "How do you feel about it?" And he said. Well, you know, imitation is the greatest form of flattery, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, I can't stop it. And anything worse than someone copying you is someone not copying you when you make a good product. But he also said something interesting. He said a lot of the, and this is where I'm going to sound a little stupid, maybe. He said a lot of the fang companies are not in it for money anymore. They're keeping score. And so for them to go about doing this is just, like you said, it's, can... Can Google handle the noise? Of course. Are they racking up a legal bill that they cannot pay? I highly doubt it. They're sitting on so much money and so much valuation and granted it's valuation that they deserve. It's a product that we love and use and it has become ubiquitous and it's it's effectively, when you say internet, you think Google. When you say social network, you think Facebook. There was an interesting Reuters news report last week which Lena from our team and I were reading where they said, while there is a lot of mistrust in the news, a lot of people actually prefer to get their news from TikTok today. And there is a growing sentiment, especially in certain demographics, where they don't want to get their news from anywhere else. So everyone's perceiving these apps differently. But at some point, these apps have gotten so large and these companies have gotten so big that it's not about, they're not looking to be profitable next year or grow their business. They don't have the same business challenges as other businesses. And so their playbook is just so different. And when I think about Google and what they're trying to do, I think about the same thing. If they can keep the noise down, they can focus on larger things that they're looking to work on. Is this a speeding ticket? Yes, compared to everything that they are doing and all that they're worth, this is probably minuscule. But if they can spin this off as a separate company and still be owned by Alphabet, it might reduce the noise that's distracting them. Um... Google is, of course, in the middle of many. There's an antitrust litigation. There is a class action lawsuit in Oakland where the fundamental concept of real-time bidding or RTB is being questioned. Question, yeah. And so they're in the middle of a lot of noise. They build great products. I suspect what all of this will, where this will end up is they will do it. Some people will say, well, it's not really a spin-off, but Google will do it and the noise will reduce. But I think regulators are going to use this as an excuse to scrutinize every single merger harder going forward. Because a lot of politicians, a lot of regulators are going to say, you know what? Yes, their argument is fair because they build good products. We should have been more careful about 
what we approved when they went and acquired Double Team. They're going to walk this all the way back there and say, I can't stop Instagram from being a great product and I can't stop people from going to Instagram, but I should have been careful when I allowed Facebook to acquire Instagram to begin with. That is where, you know, competitors are not allowed to collude. But if one acquires the other, then technically it's not collusion. And that's where the anti-competitive regulatory bodies are going to start being far more uh, scrutiny focused. Yep. Well, I had something on my mind and I completely forgot now while you were talking. But moving on, um, all of these were all about collaboration. This is about an on-again, off-again relationship, right? Where uh, Warner Brothers Discovery is back in docks with Amazon to get back in terms of distribution, but obviously they want something in return. Um, we know that Warner Brothers and Discovery got together because Discovery had all of this, uh, what they call a specific user group, uh, a passion, uh, interest group uh, content, right? So they'll have like super interest group content. Like you'll have chefs, you can cook with chefs, like you can cook with famous chefs. You can, they'll have deep content on, um, cars and, and racing and nature and so on and so forth. And there's so much that they do in, in terms of hyper uh, specialization or hyper special interest groups that they became a collection of all these special interest groups. And then when they went to Warner, they got all of HBO's goodness. So it became like they, so Warner and, and, and uh, Discovery kind of completed each other, right? In terms of, of the entire merger. And then they pulled themselves off of Amazon because Amazon is technically competitive with them in terms of original content and uh, they didn't want to be in the same bucket as them. But it's undeniable that Amazon and Amazon's network does give them a lot of the ability to be discovered. And you and I were talking about this the other day, the ability to pay for Lionsgate through your prime, you know, be, 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 being able to access anything. And what Amazon is doing with IMDb, they're trying to pull up this hook. They're trying to make a nice, well-informed ecosystem of what to watch, where I can watch it, give you the ability to pay for it, and just become this one-stop entertainment shop for you to go and pick up whatever you want to watch. And the 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 news article from Bloomberg carried a couple of things that were interesting, which, which said that Discovery will only cut a deal if Amazon agrees to some additional terms, and such as sharing data about viewer behavior. And that is where I feel... Uh, I don't know. I don't know whether Amazon is going to part with that kind of information. They're going to say like, hey, you come here to be distributed, distributed, and, you know, that's it. You're getting your money, people are watching you. That's, that's where the relationship ends. But this fight for sharing of data, sharing of information is going to start mounting. Because, like we said, people are building good products. It's not like Discovery um, and Warner Brothers, HBO, and all of these other content companies are not building good content. But it's the undeniable truth that you need distribution networks. And a Dish or a Tata Sky or Comcast is not only going to cut it. You need to have several such deals. But in return, are you going to be happy with just the money that's coming in? Do you want to also have some line into the intelligence that that platform is privy to? So, um, I am big on both these companies, yeah. as you know. Yeah. Warner Brothers Discovery as well as Amazon. I think they are sitting on substantial coffers um, as well as a diverse portfolio of products which gives them the ability to weather any storm that comes their way. If an Amazon, despite all of that substance and backing, can pull out of an IPL bid, I think it's very interesting to see where they'll, where they'll go. 
And they said a couple of interesting things. First thing that struck me, what Paul said is that media buying today is from a generation that has never grown up on TV. So this guy or girl sitting at Group M or whichever media buying company you have engaged has never seen TV. They don't know the difference between television. Like you asked us this morning, both Lena and me sitting in office just before this recording, you're like, so what is television? Right. And we were both like, uh, what do you mean? No, what do you, what would you describe as television? So these media buyers today, I have no idea what TV is, right? The digital first TV, what is TV? And the second thing he said was millennials are no longer an addressable group on television. So we're back to the old problem of unify, finding a unified picture of reach and frequency across digital and legacy. The only thing is that. We've changed the, the, the components of what's legacy and what's digital are now different. And you have digital TV, which is connected TV, you have legacy, which is your CRT maybe, India's our CRT still, and broadcast uh, appointment viewing, which is still available streaming on an app within a large screen. <laughs> so is it connected TV? Is it IP TV? Is it streaming TV? Is it fast? I'm going to think whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not pointed any object and call it a television. I yes. think that's that's what I'm going to do. Well, well, there's the couple of out uh, the couple of takeouts that I had from this, right? So, programmatic TV is definitely around the corner. It's not about the concept of bidding, mediation, whatever else. It's just the fact that you're able to access demand through a technology, right? Keep it that way. It's, it could be direct. You could be talking to this by or the phone, and you're transacting over a pipe that you're connecting the agency to your um, to your inventory, that's right. right? So. Let's keep that programmatic definition very, very simple. So, the companies who are uh, currently non, who are currently non-linear, who are in streaming television, who are streaming their content through uh, the internet, right, um, can use programmatic TV to source new and diverse demand. Right, they can get new advertisers because new demand. Um, and the only issue that they will face is trying to address this single unit of measurement across in-stream, uh, linear and stream, which is the big debate out right now because it requires, again, collaboration and cooperation between legacy measurement companies, new digital measurement companies, and finding what works for both. And I think it will take a third party. Okay. I don't think it'll be between just both of them. It's not going to be like somebody's going to walk across or two representatives between are going to walk across from both these places and shake a hand over a line, right? It has to be some third-party um, industry body or maybe a new industry body that's coming in. Maybe us. Maybe we'll do it. Who knows? But the point is that you need, we need to come up with something that is palatable and progressive and that will grow and uh, and become more valuable as as we approach different scenarios in the future and not just boxed into 
what we know today, which is sample size, DRB, GRBs, whatever Nielsen is doing, or we're like over-indexing on viewability and all your other types of uh, digital, uh, uh, you know, metrics. Something in between, but something that's going to grow. But it's not going to be done by two pe- this, these two parties. It has to be a third party that's friends with both these parties. I agree. I agree. And whoever does that, whoever that th- third party or industry body is, please define a TV for me and put it in <laughs> whatever measurement standards you have. I am reminded of David Foster Wallace's famous commencement address where <clears throat> he's addressing a liberal arts college and he tells all the students, he said, you know, there are these two tiny fish that are swimming in the ocean and just having fun. And then there's this wise old fish who's swimming uh, opposite them. And then he tips his hat and says, what's happening, boys? How's the water today? And then after five minutes, they look at each other and said, what the hell is water? <laughs> what is a television? Yes, I would what like is to know. television? We'd what all like it? to know. And that brings us to the end of our 10th episode. I want to cue in some cheering and clapping here. Yes. We can do that. Can we do that in post? You I'm sure. Can in post, anything post? can be done in post. <laughs> but I am looking forward to keeping this podcast going. I would love to know what people think. And I would also like to give a shout out to Lena Ghosh, Santosh Venkatesh, Gautam Kashyap, the team that helps put this podcast together. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye. Bye.